Listen, girl, I feel really bad about us ganging up on you the other night, so I came by to offer you some support. You know, help you help her to the curb. <laughs> well, I'm looking for signs that she's curb ready. And she's only called me two times today. That is if you don't count the call from the courtyard or the sidewalk or this one. <laughs> Friends, welcome back to an episode of Oh Hell Yes, a Girlfriend's Podcast. I am Nettie Smith. And I'm Etsy Rowe. Why are you laying down like that? Oh, I'm kind of rusty. Yeah, I think we, we both are. We get, it's so crazy how if you don't do this every week, well, for me at least, I can speak for myself. There's like a rust that comes from a bit of anxiety like mm-hmm. I don't have a flow. I'm like, how do I sound? Do I sound cheesy? Like I'm thinking about that more when we stop than like week to week. You know, mm-hmm. it's it, you, we get, we've had too much time to think is what we've had. Um, mm-hmm. But today's episode is called "The Music in Me." Original air date one sixteen two thousand six. A new year. Yes, it is. Wow! 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 Written by Vincent Brown. Um, you know. Etsy, we've been gone. We haven't done an episode in like, I mean, it's been about two weeks here or there, miss, give or take. Mm-hmm. And so much has happened. A lot has happened. It feels like every time we go on hiatus, something happens. We were on hiatus when the slap happened, if you guys know the slap. We were. We, we were. were. We, couldn't talk about, we couldn't talk about a lot of things because things happen when we're not on. And when we're on, nothing happens. Exactly. So, Twitter is now called X. <sighs> <sighs> I'll call I never thought I'd see the day where oh, me neither. I don't see that little blue bird anymore. Um, yeah. It's like not as, seeing a Nike check anymore. Yeah. As you know what? As much as Instagram has changed, it is still a camera. It right? still is. The camera has changed in its, its way. It's colored and shaped and things like that. But it always is that camera lens when you log in. Yeah, like they could have turned the bird into like a pigeon if they wanted to change the color or, make, or something. They could have, yeah, they could have changed. They could have done so much and still kept it a bird. Like shit, as conservative as he is, he could have changed it into an eagle, and that would have. Oh, it could have been. A, that's still a bird. <laughs> Not the proud boys, eagle child. <laughs> I mean, uh, X. What the fuck are we doing? What is he doing? Because I'm not calling it that. It's Twitter. It will always be Twitter. Oh I'm God. sending tweets. So what, what is they he? Are. What is he calling it though? So it's called. I see an X logo, but is he calling it X? Or is that just the logo? And we're just calling it that. I think it's called X because he took down the the Twitter sign from the building and put an X up. Oh shit! The building that the headquarters, the Twitter sign is gone. There's an X at the top and it's lit up and shit. But I'm calling it Twitter and their tweets. So damn. Um, yeah, we got a. Uh, what else happened? Carly Russell's situation happened. Yeah, you know, that, that girl. Yeah. That girl don't deserve no no jail time, child. Give well, her a we fine gotta, and call it a there day. There has to be something because then everybody gonna do it. So there has to be some right. kind of repercussion so that other people don't be like, "Huh, she got away with it and she's living her life. She got a book deal. She got a TV show. Let me." Well, hmm. this is a black woman, so they ain't gonna give her none of that. If oh, she was on. white, maybe. Zeus. But, Zeus? Ooh. Hey, if they give her uh, enough, I mean, ain't nothing on right now. You know why? Another thing has happened. An actor strike, a writer strike. Since we last been on, an actor strike has happened. 
So reality shows is about to be it. She picked the right That's time. That's what happened with the with the last um, writer's strike. Them reality still started booming left and right, child. So if she she picked the perfect time to strike. So yeah, that sucks. Um, so we saw the Barbie movie. By this time, y'all should have already seen it. Like, it's been a few weeks. It's yeah. the hottest ticket in town besides Beyonce. And Drake. Child, oh, those yeah, Drake tickets was crazy. I forgot about Drake. I um, knew bitches love Drake, but I didn't know you hoes was feeding for him like that. I tried to get them tickets. Child, hell no. Absolutely not. So instead, we got Barbie tickets. Period. It took a minute. We had some issues. We had some hiccups, but we made it. Me and Etsy was up in the theater wearing our pink. This is the first time I ever dressed up for a movie. Represent. And it was great. Um, the movie was great. You know what's funny about the... Oh, spoiler, spoiler alert, spoiler alert if you haven't seen it because we're going to talk about some stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the marketing for it because I don't know if... Had, did you see trailers for it? Did you watch the trailers or did you just go in blind? I watched the trailer. It was, it was a whole lot of nothing and I loved it. Good, good. Um, I don't watch trailers because they give too much away. But what I loved about the marketing for Barbie is they made it seemed like it was just going to be this Barbie and Ken like partnership taking on the world together and, you know, boyfriend and girlfriend. So what you had was these men going to the theaters dressed like Ken, who's the bad guy. They didn't know they were dressing up like the bad guy mm-hmm. in the film, which mm-hmm. is very interesting to get all these men in the theater dressed up like this guy who ends up sabotaging a lot for Barbie in it. Mm-hmm. What'd you think of that? I loved it. I loved everything about how the marketing team approached this movie, how Greta approached this movie, how the actors approached this movie. I love everything about it because she turned something that could have been just lolly dolly lolly lolly de- them taking over yeah. the world or whatever, and turned it into a real issue that it's is a lesson prevalent today. As we yeah. can see from all these haters, mostly Ooh, I, males. I talked to a few, few men who uh, on Instagram who were like, uh-uh, don't get comfortable. This is just a movie, guys. It's <laughs> right. just a movie. This shit ain't gonna right. last. This feminism shit ain't gonna last. I'm like, bitch. But it's I like, that's, the theater. that was the point of the movie, though. They say it in the movie. Yeah, yeah they went into the real world. They say it ain't equal. We know. I'm a woman. I know this shit ain't equal. Don't, don't have to preach to me. So they, they were so mad. It's and then crazy. they started coming for 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 our girl um, Margot. Please don't do that. Don't oh. come for our good sis. Margot got it. got too much money to count to be worried about that shit. <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's like, bitch. I got my next movie. Once this shit ends, I got my money to count. Don't play with me. I don't got time for it anyway. But <laughs> these men are mad. They're mad that the game was given up in the movie. Yeah, we know. Yeah. We know. Yeah, I love the speech. Love America's speech. It's um, funny that she's America and she gave the speech. <laughs> uh, right. America says America has a problem, and that is very, very true. Um, if y'all are going in thinking y'all finna see Issa throughout the movie. I mean, granted, it's a spoiler, a spoiler area. So if you're listening this far, we done spoiled. Issa is in the movie, in fact. You she shouldn't is. be listening this far if you haven't seen it, but. That's the one thing I didn't like about the marketing was they made it seem like Issa had a bigger part in it. Y'all, Will Ferrell had more lines than Issa. He did. 
He had and no I ain't see that nigga on not one, not one promo interview. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't in the. Uh, on, I ain't see him on a red carpet either. I don't. I, I seen I him on a red carpet film until I went to see the movie. In an interview, in a nothing. Okay. So, I don't like how they kind of use... I mean, they do this all the time. Hollywood does this all the time. But it was kind of like, um, I was expecting more than a little bit of a cameo, you know? Yeah, they were just trying to get the black people in there. That's the only way. Yeah. yeah. They wasn't going to get us in with Alexandra Ship in it, so... And she had more lines than Issa. She did. She did. She had more screen time than Issa. I thought she was shadow uh, canceled. Yeah. Because of the Aaliyah movie. I thought... <laughs> I, I mean, was... not by the whites. She still be getting roles. She was an excellent oh, shit. You okay, know, yeah. not by the whites, but yeah. I was like, dang, your career came back up. I don't watch <laughs> X Men. I don't know. I didn't know if she was in that, but yeah. yeah. So I was but, just yeah. like, okay. They kind of dangled Issa in there to get us in the theater, but you know, the the scene that she was in was good, and it's good that she was in it at least. That and it's good that her. she played the president and her role, even though. It was a bit. They didn't show her doing very much presidential shit. Yeah, it was a little bit. Her it was, in the it was office. Like, whatever, it felt whatever. like they were like, yeah, she's black and she's the president. Guys, come on and watch. And then when we got there, it's like, when, when, what a presidential shit at? Like, yeah. is this a label? It's just a title. We don't see her doing no president stuff. Yeah. And it's also like, I think that she's serving two purposes. She's the president, but she's also like the black Barbie. There are no other black women in that film. Um, Besides, well, black, black. Like, I mean, not biracial, y'all. Not biracial not even, is what she means. We're, she we're means not going to go back and forth. You know what I mean? Please don't start that bullshit. You know, some people are like Etsy. Actually, don't, don't, no, don't do that. You know what she's okay. talking about? I'm talking about somebody who got a black mama and a black daddy. Okay. <laughs> so no. she served as like the black Barbie too. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I love Ryan in it too. I love Ryan. He was fine. Like fine, mm-hmm. fine. He was good to look Ryan's at. Body. Mm-hmm. Yes. I know that you know. Fucking right. He got the money for the trainer though. He got. You the better money for get that into shit. shape. They all got the money for that shit, but they all don't be looking like that. So let's give mm. our boy his tens. Okay. Mm. Yeah. At forty yeah. something. Come on, don't yeah. play with it. You know, testosterone is declining. So, so he found okay. something from somewhere. One last little bit at the bottom of the barrel. He found it. I'm saying. <laughs> I know that's right, Ken. Um, All the Kens was else? given yeah. with the body. You had them. It's Ken. You got to be given. <laughs> Even Alan a little bit. Alan a little. <laughs> yeah. Alan had his shirt on, though. They, they ain't take his yeah. shirt off. Cool, that's they Alan. knew better. If you ever know the Alan doll, he don't <laughs> He don't take his shirt off. You have to take it off for him because he ain't finna take it off. Um, <laughs> but Michael Sarah was good as Alan. Um what I didn't like, some of it was a little on the nose. Some of the movie was a little, I'm like, okay, Greta, Greta, I get it. Greta, Greta, I, okay. Greta, you ate this shit up. We're giving you your tens. Let's get into um, things that was a little bit, could have been fixed a little, uh, just a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it was like the patriarchy. Oh, the patriarchy this. I'm like, yeah, I was there. I'm a woman in America. I know what's up. I'm black. I'm a black woman in America. I know doubly. It's Barbie, so we can let it rock because just the brand of it is kind of on the nose. And also, you will be surprised how many women are actually, like, obtuse to that shit. Like, they don't notice it. So they're like, oh, Barb, what? This is happening? Yeah. Women are treated like, like this? No. Yeah. That are going to see Barbie? 
Well, yeah. yeah, I guess the Remember, first they week want to see Barbie because it's Barbie. Yeah. Nobody knew it was going to have this message. Right. I used to play with this doll. I'll go see it. The mo- movie was going to make bread regardless, but now it's now she she's sparking an, uh, a conversation with. Yeah. Right. Now the fir- after the first week and people find out what it's about. Now those conservatives are like, OK, now we're not going. But that first week they was in there. The money was already spent. Right. You know what I mean. Right. And that's why e- it did so well. Either way, they talk about it's going to make a billion dollars. Baby, the movie is going to hit regardless. It's Barbie. Yeah. I don't know. Go home and cry about it. Okay. <laughs> you can't yeah. cancel this one. Not not Mattel. Mm-mm. Nah. But we did it. We did it. It was great. Go see it if you haven't. If you listen this far and you hear the spoilers and you don't care, fine. But we said spoiler alert. So it's whatever. Yeah. Still go see it. We, there's a lot that we didn't say. That you that still enjoy. So we ain't spoiled the whole thing. True. Just a little something, something. Yeah. Um, I think that's it. Anything else, Etsy, that, that we missed during hiatus? No, I think we covered everything. Yeah, we did. We did it. So we're going to get into this episode, The Music and Me. And since it seems as though Etsy is way more familiar with this episode than I am. <laughs> go ahead and give me that cold open. Yeah, so William's new assistant, he calls Maya in, and he has been worked like a dog. He asks Maya, like, how did you work through this? Because he is working me till no end. And Maya's like, well, sometimes I work till seven. And then the assistant is like, girl, I be working through the wee hours of the morning, two, three o'clock, seven. He was like, how did you do that? She goes, well, you know. I am a black woman, so I got to get my hair done. We know. (laughs) We We know the truth. But I don't think she'd said the game. She was, well, she did eventually, but I'm like, part of the time she wasn't there. She didn't do the work. Right. And he pays her with like white paper. A packet of paper. Yeah. Yeah. A packet of real crisp, that good office paper. Yeah. You remember back in the day when like you would print everything out, like map quest directions, uh, pictures of your favorite artists or, or yes. movie stars yes. and paper was very very not only expensive but it was almost like currency it was like having money yes yes because you got that in ink <laughs> uh-huh and with the map quest it's like I, I i used to write that shit down i was like nah y'all ain't gonna fit in right um waste sometimes my ink. i wouldn't that's a good idea but i'm like you know. I don't know. Wait, but you were driving, right? I was driving, of course. Okay, so that's that's the difference. Me, I was I'm, I was in New York. I was taking a train, so all I gotta write is the D train to Forty Second. Make oh, a left. Yeah, that's easy. Ask some nigga some. <laughs> I needed the access roads, the exits, and then like how many miles to each one, so you know. Okay, I've been on this road for this amount of miles. It says five, uh, so I'm at, when I get to four miles, I know to look around for the exit. Like, stuff like that. Like, paper was... We needed it. That's how we got uh, around. The ghetto. Oh, what a time. Printing out tickets for your concerts, too. Because, you know, that smartphone, show your phone stuff wasn't doing it yet. Uh-uh. Uh, mm. So, yeah. there was a lot of things. There was a time where we had to go to the box office shell to get them tickets. Okay. That, too. It wasn't no... Oh, they sold out in 60 seconds. Baby, no. Yeah. Maybe sold out in a day. What a time. Because you you when you had to get in line, I had never been in line for I mean, I've been to the box office, but some people would be waiting in line for tickets. So yeah. they wouldn't sell out immediately. You would have to yeah. get through the line. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe in a few hours. I'm old. 
Etsy's <laughs> kind of old, but not as old. Um, but, but I mean, yeah. shit has moved very fast within the last 10 to 15 years. So you don't even got to be like old to remember that. Now, whew, y'all got it so easy. Mm. Oh, yeah. They don't, don't know be the out here pain. complaining. They don't know the pain of having running out of ink, running out of running out of paper. I'm surprised mm-hmm. he didn't give her ink as currency too. Right? Because y'all don't y'all don't know that Mm-mm. of ha- always uh-uh. always having to have a backup ink cartridge at any given mm-hmm. moment, taking it out, shaking it, shaking so you it, get a little more shit. out of it. Uh-uh. Yeah. And then sometimes on the paper, flipping it to the other side. Uh-huh. To save a, to save to a pa- save paper? paper? Yeah. Both sides. Double-sided. Mm-hmm. You know, sitting waiting for it to come out so you can slap it back in? Woo! Uh-huh. Yo, y'all wasn't there. <laughs> Some of y'all were there. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was that was the scene, the op- uh, cold open. So Avery's just working late nights, early mornings. Uh, word to Marsha Ambrosius. And I don't, I don't know if I feel sorry for Avery because he needs to speak up for himself. Um, He's scared he might get fired you gotta stick up for yourself i don't give a fuck i mean he might be i don't think he's on salary he says that he's still on the clock Mm. he says i'm still on the clock it means that he's going hourly right Mm -hmm. so i mean you're making money but what about your your sanity what about your health well we don't know what avery's aspirations are but he is working for a senior partner so i don't know Mm. he might want to stick it out just because he has goals that he wants to get to now that he's in. But the fact that he even has to do that, I mean, that's how people use interns and stuff. Be like, oh, your future, dangle the future card in their face, you know? Like, you mm-hmm. do this for you, and you, they, they end up overworking these people. It's a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I love what Maya says. Have you considered getting a wave? <laughs> Tender-headed. <laughs> Like, and then my mind went to, damn, just wear a wig. (laughs) Right. Really? (laughs) That was a good one. And then Maya says, uh, you don't have a kid? And he's like, not that I know of. And then he goes, I'm sterile. I was like, fuck, TMI, bitch. And then we get our theme. Poor Avery. So next scene, we enter. It is Joan's house. All the girls are there having dinner. Lynn is on the phone with Jennifer. Fucking Jennifer. She's still... Mm -hmm. In these storylines, think uh, this is the last one. Thankfully. They have nothing to write for Lynn unless it deals with Jennifer this season so far. Mm-hmm. So she's on the phone with her. I guess there's a spider in the apartment and Lynn's trying to calm her down. That shit ain't even important, but apparently Jennifer's been blowing her up. And that's when Joan's like, just put the phone away. And Tony says, you should put Jennifer away. And Lynn says, Jennifer gets nervous when she can't get a hold of Lynn. And I'm like, well, y'all aren't together. Y'all are both grown. Let's be realistic here. Mm-hmm. Well, we find out this is... Well, now I know. See, now I can't talk about it like I want to because I know the ending. But Maya says she liked Jennifer better as a lesbian. And she's, she used uh, that information to write in her book, saying that Joan found herself strangely attracted to her. I like the fact that she kind of embellishes and uses it for her book. That's good material. Mm-hmm. And Joan says, Maya, if you're going to put me in your book, why can't I be a stable, well-adjusted woman? And Maya says, uh, well, I don't write fiction. And that's when Lynn's <laughs> phone rings again. <laughs> now, Jennifer calls Lynn again, talking about there's a rat on the TV show she's watching and she's scared. This is ridiculous. Lynn's afraid to cut uh, Jen off because she's afraid she's going to pull the suicide card again, which mm-hmm. I thought we got over that. That's what I'm I thought sure too. we got over that. 
like it's like we're writing in reverse. Um, Maya makes a really good point. If she's that unstable, you need to put her out. I don't want to wake up next door to some nasty CSI situation. <laughs> Joan says that Lynn hasn't had a random meaningless job in four months. She's like, I don't even know you. That's another thing. We haven't seen her do anything. She's been so preoccupied with Jennifer that she hasn't had any kind of wacky get rich quick stuff happening. Mm-hmm. We don't even know how she makes money. Mm-hmm. Does Jennifer yeah. work? How are they paying for the apartment? Oh, that's right. She doesn't have to pay for it. She She's doesn't have manager. to pay for it. So that's going to eliminate a lot of her bills. But yeah, definitely Travel. food. Phone. I mean, unless she taking the f- she she going shopping at um Jones house. Okay. Travel. Phone. Okay, traveling. Maybe the bus or walking. She might live in a area in L.A. that's walkable. Phone. Ah, <sighs> phone. Hmm. Too early for an Obama phone. <laughs> okay. Hmm. Phone. Does she get paid for being a manager, or is the payment free rent? It's free rent. She doesn't pay for the apartment. And she needs the phone to contact Jennifer because she's afraid that Jennifer's going to commit suicide. So it isn't like she's using it after nine or after seven to, you know, free minutes. So she's paying for something. Hmm. I know this is never talked about, but do you think Joan might have her like... On her plan? <laughs> yeah. Right? She's knowing like, Joan? You get this line and we'll give you an extra line for free. Or you get this line and we'll give you an extra line for $10. You know what? That's a good one. That's what, there we go. We done went through all her finances. We done did it. <laughs> we figured out where every dollar's going. All right, well, non-dollar. Yeah. So since we figured that out, we're going to head back to the law firm. It's Avery at the desk on the phone with a date. He's canceling. I'm sorry I couldn't make it tonight. I know we've had to reschedule this date a number of times, but... Okay. Well, you have a nice life, too. <laughs> Oh, you were being sarcastic. I get that now. Girl or guy? Guy. Come on. Be for sure. Okay. (laughs) Um, He hangs up and William comes around the corner to chat with him. Apparently it's 1 a.m., which is wild. You missed out on your date. It's 1 a.m. I mean, just tell William, like, your mom's sick or something. Just get out of there. Mm -hmm. So William says he really appreciates all the work Avery's been doing. And so he gets him a gift. He got him a coffee maker so that he can further be enslaved and stay in the office and not have to go nowhere. He can't even be like, oh, I got to go take a coffee break, a tea break, because it's right there in the room. That's a setup. Well, I mean, if you're drinking a lot of coffee, there's a lot of bathroom breaks, unless he got one of them in the office, too. I mean, he probably do. Uh, William be like, hey, I bought you these diapers so that uh, you never have to leave your desk. <laughs> He probably got his own, um, his own little half bathroom in his office. Privacy. He is a senior partner, so that's not too far-fetched. Yeah, it is kind of like slavery when, like, a massa gives, like, okay, like, you guys have been working out in the heat, so what I'm going to do is buy you guys hats. Instead of, like, actually fixing the problem of being out in the heat, like, kind of uh-huh. like that half-assed fix to your problem Uh it's like well i want you guys to be more productive so i'm gonna just give you this little thing here to expedite that like espresso machine so you can stay up later so you can work for me more it's like Mm -hmm. it's like that half-assed gift you know Mm -hmm. and i'm like at this point he should just avery should just give up his apartment and stay at the at the office on one of them couches (laughs) uh get like a, a gym membership for showers there's no point. There's no point. 
I'm sure William will reimburse any of his meals, so you might be onto something. You think William would actually do that for him? If it means him staying there and working his ass off, yeah. If he can get him that expensive ass coffee machine. William's like probably like, I got you the coffee maker, that's all I need to do. Everything else is on you. I did my part. (laughs) I don't know. I feel like he would do that. So yeah, so that scene ends and then we are back at Lynn's apartment. It's like the next day, I think. Yeah. Lynn uh, is there. Maya comes in to see how things are going with Jennifer. And she's like, yeah, Jen is out of therapy. And she comes back after that to go to her afternoon therapy, like a little breather. And while they're sitting there, Jen calls Lynn's phone and then walks in the door and talks to her. And they look at each other and wave like they're not actually talking to each other. Mm-hmm. That's really weird. Weird this behavior. Is, it's sitcom but it's like, I don't know, it might be a little too wacky for, for this show. What'd you think? I think because it was happening with Lynn, sure. We'll let that we can go there. Yeah. But any other girls it would have been kinda yeah, too much. Kinda too much. Um so as this has is happening, Maya walks into the kitchen and actually calls Lynn's phone and Lynn tells Jen as Jen is walking into the bedroom, Oh, sorry, I got another call on the other on the other line. And she answers it and it's Maya. And she's like, Hello? She's like, It's me, you idiot. So Maya has a suggestion mm-hmm. on how to get Jennifer out of the house. Mm-hmm. So Maya suggests that she goes to therapy and finally declings herself from Jennifer. Yeah, and it's an afternoon session that Jen is going to, and that's uh, and so Lynn decides to go because it was always suggested to her from her therapist as well, and. Mm-hmm. They go to therapy together and they're in the session and the therapist says, I'm glad you're committed to Jennifer's healing. And she's Mm -hmm. like, oh, I'm so committed. And then Lynn does this bit where she acts like one of those televangelists. Hey, I'm all about the healing. Woke sister. (laughs) Throw down them crutches, girl. (laughs) Crutch. Interesting. Did you just watch this growing up? Like they, they find someone who has like some kind of affliction um they can't walk right they can't hear all these do that a lot of the can't hear the preacher puts the hand on the forehead and pushes them down and Uh and they get up and they can walk without crutches Uh or they can hear Uh i used to watch that shit as a kid and be like oh my god yes they've been cured did you ever have a time when you believe this because i have to say i did (laughs) absolutely not oh you tricked me (laughs) <laughs> you absolutely me. not i was like how how do they do that and nobody could explain god. it's the power of god okay but how like god what god was... <laughs> look at me talking like i'm a fucking expert but what i thought when i was younger is god would speak through the preacher mm-hmm. yeah and then heal and i'm like why don't everybody go to this guy Everybody can go to this guy and get healed. We won't even need hospitals anymore. We don't need medication. Oh, God. I mean, people used to take out their hearing aids mm-hmm. and they can hear now. Mm. Or they'd be like, um, are you so-and-so from so-and-such? And they'd be like, yeah, how'd you know? Because and then I saw a documentary a few years back where they were like scamming. They had like an earpiece saying the person's name because they uh, had filled something out earlier and they're sitting in this section. Um, it's just like the people that do the psychic stuff. Uh-huh. But, but I was, whew, I used to believe this shit. So it really brought me back when Lynn did that 
So uh, they laugh a little bit. Jennifer laughs too. And the therapist says, do you feel like Jennifer's broken and that you need to heal her? And she's like, nah, it was a joke. We joke a lot. And the therapist is like, well, you gave yourself Christ-like powers just now when you were, when you were doing that. You were joking around. What do you think of this interpretation? Mm, that was the therapist trying to, um, trying to throw some shade, trying yeah. to clock them for sure. <laughs> it was definitely a, like a, just a joke. And the therapist was reading, reading way too deep into this shit. But she thinks that Lynn has a savior complex. And Lynn says, well, I have a master's in psychology. If you want to get out of the kiddie pool, we can go somewhere. Oh. I was like, okay, Lynn. I know that's motherfucking right. We don't get sassy Lynn very often. <laughs> we don't get it, but I like it. And Lynn's like, I thought we were here for Jennifer. Like, this is the reason we're here, to help her. And the therapist is like, well, why'd you save her that day when she threatened suicide? I'm like, duh, bitch. <laughs> like, she ain't want her to die. She's like, I'm a good person. Even if she wasn't a good person, isn't it? Ain't that what you're supposed to do? Or just let her die. Should she just let her die? Because then that would have created a whole nother type of personality trait. And then wouldn't it be something where like she'd have to answer to the cops? Like if you know. Nah, you can't prove. You can't prove that I saw her. Oh, okay. If she's dead, she can't talk. So she ain't finna tell on me. <laughs> and in that situation, unless there's cameras around, which is a park, so probably not. You can't prove that I even saw her that day. Mm-hmm. Phone records, phone records, fuck. Mm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I'm mad how we're thinking like uh, like detectives. I mean, I watch them every day. They would have got our phone records and saw, hey, you were in the park at this time. This was around the time exactly where she fell off the bluff. They got your coordinates and shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, she's just like, I was trying to be a nice person. And the therapist is hinting that the reason she did this is because she's attached to Jennifer. And I'm like, when that happened? Who who said that? They reverse everything on her. The whole (laughs) therapy session is reversed. It's like a gaslight in reverse card, Uno, all kinds of shit. Because the person who was obsessed, I thought, was Jennifer. Jennifer. Mm -hmm. So this is news to me. It's news to me, too. This This whole session was built so that Lynn could come to the therapy session and... Uh, be kicked to the curb by Jennifer because mm-hmm. apparently the therapist thinks their relationship is unhealthy. They're codependent. That part's right. Yeah. But they don't flipped it. Yes, they have. And then I kind of was like, if this is true, then I guess Lynn subconsciously feels important when Jen needs her. And that's why she likes to keep her around because none of her friends need her. Like the rest of the girls don't need her. So now she got Jen around and that's why she feels like keeping her. That is definitely a dynamic that I have personally witnessed in friendships and relationships. Absolutely. That's a, such an underrated point. People will keep other people around if that person makes them feel better about their situation. A hundred percent. So when you see a lot of these people where it's like, oh, why do they hang out? She has so much and this person has so little baby. It's because... The person who has so little or who makes these dumbass decisions makes the other person feel better about themselves. Trust me. So underrated. Yeah. That is a dynamic. You know, you have a lot of, if you ever see like old sitcoms with bullies, they always have the main bully and then the lackeys that look up to the bully and then keep them around so they can have someone who looks up to them and needs them. And Mm -hmm. that I could see that with the Jennifer and Lynn dynamic 
that could be the reason that Lynn just can't properly kick her to the curb. I mean, it's your apartment. It's a one bedroom. So like you really need to, you don't need her around because your space is being taken up by another person. It's not built like that, you know? Mm -hmm. So the therapist, uh, asked Jen to stay. Lynn wants her to go home. They start doing like a tug of war. Jennifer doesn't know who to listen to. She has no autonomy. And at the end, Jennifer decides to stay with the therapist and they kick Lynn out. This is crazy. So next we're at Lynn's apartment. Jen's grabbing mm-hmm. her shit. What happens here? Mm-hmm. Jen's grabbing her shit and she calls Maya. Jennifer calls Maya. Yes. That's how you know she desperate. She doesn't even know her like that. And how the fuck she got Maya's number? It's probably a situation of like, you know, if you're one of your best friends has a roommate, you get that number so that in case something happens. Okay. You know, I can see that. I've done that before. It's like a, what is it? Emergency contact shit. Mm-hmm. But it's so sad because Lynn looks so bad. Like, Lynn looks so pathetic in this moment. Mm, she down bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We never seen her care about this girl like that. Mm-mm. And Jennifer is trying to tell her, like, I got to go. Like, I have to leave because we're codependent. And it's funny because Jen looks down at her hand real quick. Like, she wrote notes on her hand. And then she continues to tell her. I like that part. That was cool. (laughs) That made me laugh out loud. Yeah, Maya comes in through the window. She got leaves in her hair. And first, I don't know how, but Jennifer somehow gets past her. And that's when Joan and Tony come in. Lynn tries to go after her. And they bring her back. She starts having a panic attack. I'm like, mm-hmm. over Jennifer, girl, we are all happy to see her leave. Mm-hmm. I am so happy. We don't got to deal with this anymore. But Lynn's crying. She doesn't want to be alone. Mm-hmm. Maya says, you're not alone. We're here. And that's when Maya's phone rings and it's Avery. He's so desperate to go home, but he thinks he went too far because he did something. He did something very true crimey. Well, first he says, I'm so desperate to go home. I think I snapped and went too far. And the first thing I thought was, oh, my God, he did I knew he wasn't dead, but when you say some shit like that, mm-hmm. I went too far. I snapped. That sounded like murder, but he didn't do that. He he did more of a uh, something you do before you kill him. What do what he do? You know, he dibbled and dabbled in that Cosby powder. Cosby put a little powder. Something. <laughs> <laughs> he pulled a Cosby. Yeah, he microdosed uh, yeah. William with some tran- animal tranquilizer. So in his um how the fuck he got that i don't know in his he's a white guy he probably knows people <laughs> like like that's like dexter well on dexter mm-hmm. when he got it so he could drug his victims he just knew a farmer or something but he put it in williams like some kind of drink he had coffee or something and when he's on the phone with maya william is overhears the call with maya he said he had the phones bugged when maya was his assistant because she kept lying about where she's going every week after the Damn. fifth time when her aunt Tuki passed away for the fifth time. That's crazy. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. Yeah. I mean, do you think he was justified, though, considering that Maya used to lie a lot? No, because within him finding out that, what else did he find out? All her personal business that ain't got nothing to do with the aunt Tuki, the fake aunt Tuki. I mean, if you're talking personal business on the phone of your law office, like whatever you get, you get like he says he, oh, he did her office right so both so even if it's on her cell phone he's still gonna hear that shit he tried it but he's not gonna do anything with it he's william he just wants to know why she's lying about getting out of work it doesn't matter he don't care about what darnell is saying or what anything else so william starts to feel the effects of the tranquilizer and that's when him and avery have a talk avery wants to know why such an accomplished man like william 
wants to spend all his time cooped up in an office. You have a lovely home. Don't you miss it? And he has a good point. I never thought of this. He said he bought it for a woman and ain't nobody there to share it with. So he always at the office. And he's sharing his office with Avery. Avery's now the woman. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. I totally forgot he bought that house for Yvonne. And there's no Yvonne. There's no Monica. He bought it with extra rooms that he can't fill. Well, and it ain't like he had no kids. Well, that's that on that. William got money. He can cry about it. You know, money and everything, you know? Tell that to somebody who ain't got it. <laughs> well... From what they be saying, once you get it, it's like, you know, these celebrities be like, yeah, I used to think that. And then once I got it, it's just, it ain't what it's cracked up to be. Hmm. Most of them say that. Yeah, a lot of them be saying that. I don't, I don't believe them, though. It's hard to believe, right? Yeah. Because here's the thing. And we're, we're about to kind of go on a tangent, but whatever. That's why Let's y'all listen, it. right? We need, we need to punch this up. A lot of life's problems comes from lack of finances. A lot. Not everything, but a lot. So if you have already solved, hmm, what, what percentage you want to give it? 75? 80? What? I don't know because there. with more money comes more problems, like my man Puff say. <laughs> I mean, shout out to, to Sean Combs. You got you to gotta, um, deal with people asking you for money every five minutes, finding ways to take your money. Finding ways to break into your house to find the money or the cars or the thing that you bought. People fake in your life because you got money. You got to f- find out who's real and who's fake. There's more surveillance in your mind. Like, is this person here for my money or for me? There's other things that come along with that, that you can't. It starts to work inversely once you the more you get. There is. But then it's like, which one is a tougher burden to bear? Right. The Either you, one could let, kill you. Let's say let's say someone is there for your money. Right. Let's hypothetically say. First of all, a lot of you niggas like that shit. That's another discussion. Secondly, okay, rather have that than not have the money to cover your basic needs to survive. Right. You can even improve your health by having access to the best medication, the best doctors, right. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I don't think that that they would really trade that life for. Well, that is a good point. But also, you could have so much money that there's a target on your head. How many people really have that much money, though? Like, you talking about, like, billions. Or in a high, 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 high millions. Right. It don't take that many millions to have somebody jealous enough to try to off you. But I watch a lot of true crime. Perfect. Money is the root of a lot of murders. Um, but I don't want to scare you listeners. We're not trying to be pessimistic. Um, Go get your money, sure. I know that's get right. Get your money. I'm trying to get all this shit. Get a healthy <laughs> amount. And uh, But William just, he's just, he hates his house because it's empty. A house is not a home. So sell it. Go sell it. Get a, get a more something for a, a single man. Go sell it and get your ass uh, a sky rise somewhere. Yeah, get a loft with no bedrooms, just an open space, like a bachelor pad. Mm-hmm. But that's why he stays at the office all the time, because he just can't stand seeing the house that ain't filled. He's alone. Avery says, well, it feels like you're giving up. And William says, Avery, you're still young. You don't know. I've been bruised. I've been beat up. And then he says, after things didn't work out with Joan and him, he just started dedicating himself to work. Oh, William. Oh, mm-hmm. I'm going to cry about it. 
Baby Angel. I'll do ya. Uh, oh, man, we haven't said that one in a while. We haven't said that, that in a minute. Throwback. <laughs> throwback. <laughs> Shit, I forgot all about that. So Avery decides to um, get real with him. He says, You're a great guy with a lot to offer, and no one will ever get to know it but me if you don't get out of this office. And that's when William passes out right on top of Avery's legs. They're sitting on the floor, and William's a huge guy, so you know that hurts. Yeah, this nigga like six. But three. your legs are going to fall asleep. Yeah. That and the, and the Cosby powder. Yeah, extra weight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Avery decides to stay, but he can't move. So he's like, well, I'm on the clock anyway. I'm like, bitch, if you don't renegotiate your contract, what the fuck is this about? He in a 360 deal. What's going on, Avery? <gasps> Shit. <laughs> Yo, when they said that the people who downloaded threads, they got them in a 360 deal because the only way to delete your threads account is to delete your Instagram. To delete your Instagram. <laughs> Yeah. I'm oh, like, damn. Shit. I said, damn, because I downloaded that shit. I was so upset. Like, oh, you shit. You downloaded it? Oh, shit. They got you? They got me, girl. Because I'm like, oh, is this going to, like, replace Twitter or X or whatever the fuck Elon Musk well, is turning into? did you get on Spill? No. Oh. I should have given you, a like, a thing for that. Uh, you only, you have to be on it to give out codes. Like, you have to go, it's like Black Twitter before Threads, but I think Threads might be the next thing. But you can only get on it if someone gives you a code by recommendation. That way we can try to keep it keep it black. Keep it black. I that's, see. That's the point of it. So, huh. God, well, Twitter's burning down. We had the good times on Twitter. That's where we found most of our listeners. Yeah, we definitely did. I don't know, man. Elon is just... Let me stop because they listening. So, let me stop. <laughs> right. Don't let them shadow ban a nigga. <laughs> So next we're at Lynn's apartment. All the girls are there. They're babying her, treating her like she's been through a breakup. That's not what happened at all. Mm. They done flipped this whole storyline. Because we know good and well, Jen is in love with Lynn. Mm-hmm. Jen, that's, that's what it's always been. And Lynn's not feeling it. And we find out that Lynn is just pretending for, or Jen is just pretending for Lynn's sake. Mm-hmm. And then we find out she's not pretending. But Lynn mentions that she don't know what the fuck's going on with this. She says... Jen leaving just left her with this pit of fear, this void. Mm. Tony calls her stupid and asks her what she hiding from. And Maya says, mm-hmm. You never got over Finn and you acted like a cracked out hoe for ugly. There, I said it. I don't know if they literally mean that. If she literally meant he was ugly. But Jesus. I, 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 think, I think they they put it in there for a reason. Yeah, they meant that shit. They said it with that, their chest. Here's the thing. Oh, God. That's a tough thing to say because that's a real person. He doesn't just, they don't say cut and he takes off his mask and goes home. That's oh. his face. So to mm-hmm. call somebody ugly that has that, like, that's not makeup. They don't just wipe it off. Mm-hmm. So that, that kind of. I feel you. I try but to, I mean, they do it all the time with like, when they cast big people and they be making fun of them because they fat. Like, yeah. they can't go home and take off their bigness. So I mean. <laughs> <laughs> that's that on that show. If, if if um Tricky really thinks he look he's ugly, then fine. I don't know what he thinks about it. Maybe we can get him on the show. <laughs> <laughs> Not after we roasted him, bitch. <laughs> he ain't gonna come on our show, bitch. <laughs> Yo, listeners, what if we got him on the show to like just? <laughs> I mean, he's not an actor. We're good. I'm not think I don't think we can get him, but if we did, that would be some what do we ask? So like what how does it feel to be called ugly? 
and be known as, you know, you've seen the internet comments about so how people... season six, episode 12, Maya says, what, what, what did you feel about that when that aired on TV? You know what's also crazy, though? we You got to be careful with things now because you don't know if he got something or if, like, there's some kind of health issue related. There's just so much that... What's, what's going to make him a letter? There's a, lot of, there's a lot of, like, diseases and things that make you look a certain way in your face. Yeah, I Thyroid feel like the issues. disease, it'd be like, it'd be like making them look, like, gaunt, like, really skinny and stuff. But the shit that he got, I mean, I don't, uh, I don't... <laughs> the shit that he got. <laughs> what the fuck? I don't know. <laughs> you know, let's move on. Um, I don't know what she meant by that, but we're gonna move on. Not she, but Maya, when she said ugly... <laughs> um, but Lynn says she's right. She's like, I've never been such a doormat for a man ever. So Joan's like, she says the question we've been all trying to figure out. She said, I mean, of all the guys you've been with, why is he the first man that you let get to you? I mean, you said you barely talked. He never took you anywhere. All you guys did was sit around and write music. You said the sex wasn't that special. Was it the chase? Was it the British thing? I mean, I'm looking for a connection, Lynn. And Lynn don't got an answer. She just starts to cry. And I'm like, nah, bitch, answer the question. I want to know because I've always had those questions. Mm-hmm. And she gives the answer. She goes, I guess I never really loved Finn. I just really loved music. And that was her only connection to music. So she a lying ass bitch because um, she said when she joined the band, she felt reborn somehow. And when she left, she felt lost. Um... Now, as remember, we're going to flash back to season five. Season five. She was acting crazy way before she left the band. Mm-hmm. Mm. She was in love with Finn. It wasn't about no damn music. She was proposing threesomes with that nigga. Like, before, you even, before she even left the band, she was pro- proposing threesomes. Mm. And they would be in rehearsal and a baby love would call on the phone and she would get all messed up and upset about it. So it wasn't the music losing the music. That made you act like this. It was losing Finn because he wasn't giving you enough attention. Mm-hmm. So this whole don't I, I don't know if the writer because we got this writer Vincent Brown. Yeah, we got this new writer. I don't know if he's new, but he, we haven't seen much of him. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's certain things he hasn't seen or doesn't quite know the history of the characters as much. Mm-hmm. But there's been a few things in this episode and some other stuff coming where I'm like, this is not right for what we've seen. Like, for instance, the fact that Lynn is upset over Jen at all. The fact that she's saying she's in, she was in love with the music and that's why she was acting like that. Because she lost it. It's a curious thing, right, Etsy? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's kind of, they switching up the narrative a little bit, but... Mm-hmm. So Joan says, oh, it wasn't the man you were debasing yourself for. It was the music. I'm like, nah, sure, but whatever. Lynn decides what she needs to do is get back into music. She don't know how to compose or play. Well, she doesn't need to do that. She just sing. She says, the only person I know in the industry is Finn. I'm like, is Finn in the industry? <laughs> or, is he just, or is he just a local, a local singer? <laughs> That's what I was thinking, too. Like, is he, in like, the actively in the industry? Like, or is he or trying he to make just, it? Right. Is he trying to break into it just like you are, and he just has a band? You know, it could be a, a thing where it's like every... There's different levels of an of the industry and maybe what she's trying to say is like he's in the industry he's just at the lower level of the industry he's like the local musician part of the industry it's still in the industry 
If that's the case, then isn't she at the same level? That's true. That's true. Like, the way she's talking, you would think that Finn was, like, higher than her. Yeah. So. It was funny. Like, when I said that, I'm thinking, like, you could say you're in the culinary industry and you work at McDonald's. I mean, that would actually be more. (laughs) Well, if you're getting paid to do music, you are in the industry. And are they getting paid? Didn't they do a wedding? Or they were about to do a wedding. Oh, they never they never got that. No. That gig. But we don't know. We don't know what's going on with this band. But yeah, that was an interesting comment she made. The only person she knows in the industry is Finn. So you don't know no one. So basically, <laughs> you don't know nobody. <laughs> Joan says, you know, you, if you can go after all these crazy things that didn't mean anything to you, like, you know, all her previous crazy jobs that didn't mean anything, why can't you go after this? And Lynn basically says, because it, it matters. And Tony says, maybe you're afraid of success because with success comes responsibility. You have to step up. You have to actually perform and produce. And Lynn starts to get anxiety about that. She's not used to working hard for shit. She's used to doing these easy-ass jobs where you just kind of walk around and do whatever, you know. Also, lazily. I think that with Lynn, because music means so much to her, like, if she fails at it, she kind of feels like she failed herself. Whereas with everything else, even the things that she does work hard at, right? Like, Lynn has a gazillion degrees, so she has worked for something. Um, It's kind of like, okay, if I get it, great. If not, great. I'm going to still do whatever. She's detached from it. So yeah. the result doesn't really matter as much. You know, it's like mm-hmm. self-sabotage because you're like what um, Tony was saying. She's scared because then she she's going to have to step up. What if you do actually start getting gigs? What if you do start building an audience? What if people do start listening to you and paying attention? Then it's like, oh, then you got to work harder. Then you got to work harder to make sure it stays. And I don't think she can deal with that amount of commitment. You can't be laying around the house all day doing nothing. You have to really be present. And I don't know if we've ever seen Lynn do anything like that besides maybe... School. Of course, the band and her documentary stuff. Oh, yeah, and school. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But she usually thrives in low commitment environments, and this is a big one. It sounds counterproductive, but like she needs to detach from music to be successful. She needs to look at music the way she looks at her psychology degree in order to be successful and to pursue it, you know, do the best she can but not make that her identity or her everything. I think that that's a good way. She needs like a secure attachment to where it's like, oh, if it fails, it fails. If not, as long as I do my best. Exactly. Um, So there's not a lot of pressure on it to do well, because that'll make you go running for the hills. Mm -hmm. Um, And not make you want to do anything at all. Right, right. And that might be your only chance, because once you have the PTSD from it, you're not going back. Mm -hmm. So... Which is funny because it does sound a lot like marriage. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Having a secure attachment to... I have commitment issues and I I think marriage is a very scary word, so I get it. Mm. That's concrete. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know there's such thing as divorce, which they don't even mention that in this scene. But (laughs) divorce is just that. People look at you like, damn, your nigga left you? (laughs) Well, you know what? That's funny because most divorces are initiated by women. That's what's so funny about that whole thing about like people looking at divorce and trying to shame females. Of it's like that's how it works. They talked about it in Barbie. 
period. Shout out to Greta in the points, like bang, bang, <laughs> bang. <laughs> but yeah, like most of them are initiated by women. I believe it's like 75, 80 something. It's, it's up there. It's I can up. imagine. So it's like, imagine how sick and tired you have to be knowing that people are going to blame you anyway, but not giving a fuck because you just tired of the bullshit. Mm, yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's a lot. If you, you know, if you don't get married, you can never get divorced and nobody looks at you like that. But then again, they shame women for not getting married too. So you exactly. damn if you do, you damn if you don't. That was, that was in America's speech. Okay. That was in the speech. <laughs> you got, you can't be too pretty, but you're not pretty, not that pretty. And then you got to love being a mom, but not talk about it all the time. It's like, oh. And you got to be a boss, but you can't be bossy. And then you yeah. got to lead, but you can't be leady. Like, yeah. it's like, what the <laughs> fuck do I do then? See, that's what we're talking about. So much pressure on women. And it's just, here we go. Lynn's getting married to music. I'm like, mm-hmm. what is this brown sugar or some shit? <laughs> and what I love about her, she has so much. Okay. It's just, no, <laughs> the movie. <laughs> With Sanaa Lathan and what, what's that dude? Um, Tay Diggs. Tay Diggs, yeah. Well, she's like, when did you fall in love with hip-hop? I fell in love with hip-hop the first time I, I ever heard. But they weren't talking about hip-hop. They was talking mm-hmm. about each other. Each other. It was a metaphor mm-hmm. for, like, uh, this is kind of corny. But this is what Lynn's doing. She's getting married to music. They get her up. <laughs> they bring over, uh, they do, like, words. I think uh, Joan is the um, officiant. And um, they want her to get married because it's it's a commitment. It implies that you're going to be married to music and you got to stay with it forever. And I'm like, since when? Divorce ain't an option? She can't divorce music now? Right. But I see what they were saying. Yeah. It but... takes a lot of paperwork to go through the divorce. It's harder to get a divorce than it is to get married. You can just go down to the courts. I got it. But she's marrying music. This ain't real. I don't know why they acting like this shit's real. It's a very cheesy scene. It's kind of cringe for me. I don't know what you thought of it, but it's one of the cringiest <laughs> scenes in Girlfriends to me. Her marrying music. what you thought? They're just, they're just saying that it is definitely some cheese, you know. But... Gouda. The point is... <laughs> <laughs> Shit, a Gouda, bro. <laughs> the point... The point is that... They want her to commit to something and give her all into something as if you would a marriage. And they thought that Lynn was the perfect person to commit to a marriage. She's been married once and, <laughs> and, th- and that was kind of like not annulled. even real. Yeah. But, you know, I don't like it. Whatever. But they do it. They're, once they're joined in holy matrimony, Joan starts to cry. Why? Why is she crying? She goes, oh, my God, all you bitches is married except for me. I'm just like, that already mm-hmm. happened. They've all been married before you. All of them. Mm-hmm. Before this happened, season five, season four probably, too. They'd already all got married. And divorced. All of them are divorced? All of them. So, I mean, if this is not telling you that you dodged yeah, the budget. Yeah, totally divorced. Maya got divorced and then remarried her husband. And then Lynn, Lynn was an annulment, though. Same thing. Eh. You got married, now it's now it's ended. Tomato, right? tomato, potato, potato. Right. Like, I mean, if that's not telling you that you dodging a bullet, I don't know what is. <sighs> See, but Joan don't give a fuck. She just wants a ring on that fucking finger. She does not care. <laughs> she might she might welcome a divorce because a, a divorce means at least you got married, you know? Right. <laughs> you know? 
So, but anyway, that's a continuity error because they've all been married. This music thing didn't, wasn't Lynn's first marriage. Mm-hmm. So, back, final, final scene, back at the office. You got this one? Oh, yeah. So, back at the office, the assistant actually got a pee. And <laughs> he can't use the bathroom. Why? Because William is still knocked out and William is a big-ass nigga. So, I don't yeah. know what's going to happen with that assistant. He's going to have to piss himself. Yeah. He should. You know what? That might be the best option. Not only to wake William up, but if they got to clean the carpets, then that means he gets time off. Right? Yeah, I like the way you they think. Got, they got to clean the carpets, so they can't yes. be in the office. Yes. He might He's be able gonna... to pull the let's work from home thing. I was just about to say that wasn't a big phrase until the next last recent years. But I mean, we, we, we could do that if you got a computer at the crib yeah, and you could just forward the calls to the, the, the house phone or whatever. Yeah, you can way. make it work. Yeah. And that's the end of our episode. Um, mm-hmm. So next is the oh hell yes moment of the episode. And Etsy Rowe, what is your oh hell yes moment? My oh hell yes moment. Is Joan getting to the bottom of why Lynn was so stuck on old boy? Like, I mean, she was like, you've never been this attached before. Like, she was pretty much saying everything that we were saying about Lynn. Yeah, you ain't never did nothing with this dude. Y'all never went out nowhere. Right. (laughs) And I know she didn't want to go there, but... Even though Lynn's answer was not the right answer it wasn't it's the music it was the no it wasn't bitch you wanted you you like the dick you like the dick yeah that's 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 what it was unless you call the dick music i don't know maybe that's a nickname (laughs) for the dick she gave it (laughs) she's like when i lost music it's like when i lost hip-hop you know i didn't know what to do with my life (laughs) but it's just a metaphor for the for the nigga um (laughs) so yeah that's a good one um mine of course is jennifer walking out the door good riddance Uh, i I don't know what kind of nepo baby she is or whose nepo baby she is that actress is somebody's nepo baby oh my god they wanted to give her the on-screen credits in a prime time show and they gave it to her Ah, it went from me, guest star to what? What can she legal put on her she resume? Got like reoccurring 10 episodes. That's reoccurring, recurring, right? Recurring. She got recurring money, and that's a step yeah. up uh, in pay. Okay, now she can go to wherever. There's a reason she got these episodes of her doing barely anything. Mm-hmm. It wasn't needed. Anyway, guys, if you want to talk to us about Nepo Babies or um, <laughs> season six in general, hit us up on social media. We still have Twitter. Mm-hmm. I'm going to call it Twitter. Mm-hmm. So if you guys would like to tweet us at Hell Yes Girl is the handle and TikTok at Hell Yes Girl. Rate, review, subscribe, Apple Podcast, CastBox. If you guys want to, you know, I'm on there now. Uh, I just discovered it the other day. We are on there. If you guys want to leave comments for us, you can leave comments on CastBox. Talk to mm. us. We'll read them on the air. Um, next episode is called The It Girl. Mm. So we're getting Joan's storyline. It's about to kick into high gear. <laughs> Fast tracking to the end of the season when we say goodbye to Tony. So mm. it's going to be fun. And we're going to have some uh, some special guests joining us um, at the end of the season six run. Oh, yeah, we get a spinoff, too. Oh, God, we got to do the game. Mm-hmm. So 
I'm not looking forward to that, but we got to do it. We got to get through it. And until then, I am Nettie Smith. And I'm Etsy Rowe. And we will see you then, guys. Peace.